with that being said, let's bring in our guest this week. Let's go behind enemy lines from the, uh, bla- I believe it's a black and gold podcast. An Inside Odyssey- black and gold. Inside black and gold. My apologies. Uh, Inside black and gold podcast with the Odyssey Sports fa- uh, family of podcasts. Jeff, I don't want to mess up your last name. Noak? Noak. Yeah. Noak. Like it, just like it's spelled. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Jeff Noak. Uh, Jeff, how you doing, bud? Thanks for coming on. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's oddly cold in New Orleans today. That's that's kind of the weird thing is it's windy. It's like 50 degrees and it's going to get back to 90 degrees on uh, on Friday. So, you know, I was going to say, if you want 90, 95 to 100, you can come here. Yeah. And so you said I, I just heard you talking about you, you. You saw Post Malone in New Orleans. I mean, how could you possibly have recognized him? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, and I think it was so Halloween with, with face tattoos walking around. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the week coming out of Halloween or the week prior. He had a concert like the next day. So he was just hanging out, going bar to bar. And then he went and performed. Uh, that's the cool thing about New Orleans. And I and I said this, I, I honestly, I'm a huge fan. I've heard some people being like, oh, it's a little dirty, a little run down. Oh, it is. I, I'm, I'm different. I think you could grab a laptop. If you could work remote, Every little bar and, and and cafe all has live music all day long. You could just sit up there, get your work done. We could do a podcast from one of the bars on Bourbon Street. It'd be great. Uh, be something, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's get into the Saints. Uh, first thing I want to hit you with, obviously, quarterback. It's the thing that matters most. Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, um, Jameis. Uh, coach uh, Daniels had said today, or, or actually, I think it was yesterday, um, that they're not trying to rush Jameis Winston back. Um, but Andy Dalton had, and he did back it up that Andy Dalton is three starts uh, has been aver- the team has gotten is averaged right around thirty points a game. So when you look at uh, for Thursday night, I know both are on the injury report, yeah. both with back issues. Uh, who do you think is starting Thursday, and does it make a difference? Well, first things first, I, I don't want to, I want to say this before I forget it. I know you were talking about the last time the Saints and Falcons, play, I'm sorry, the Saints and Cardinals played and that yeah, was in New Orleans. Now, if you remember, that was back in the 2019 season. Yep. That was the year that Teddy Bridgewater started five games in relief of Drew Brees and won five and oh, and the first mm-hmm. game that he came back was against the Cardinals. It was Kyler Murray as a rookie. So it's kind of interesting. This could be, you know, if Jameis does come back for this game, you know, it'll be the second time in a row the the Cardinals and Saints have played with the starting quarterback coming back from a multi-week injury. And, you know, it, it is a difficult question to answer because what uh, Dennis Allen said after the game was Jameis isn't 100% healthy. Jameis was active for week six, but what we learned in the aftermath is he was the quote-unquote emergency third option. Taysom Hill was actually the backup quarterback for that game. Um, and so, like, the reason you had Jameis active was because they had to cut Jake Luton, who had been the backup, the third-string backup, going into that week so that they could make room for some of the receivers that they had to call up uh, because you still have no Michael Thomas, no Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave was out, Deontay Hardy got put on injured reserve. So it's really a question of how healthy both of these guys are. And I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that Taysom Hill starts the game because we don't know exactly how significant Andy Dalton's back injury is. He's been limited in practice. Uh, well, he was limited in today's practice. He would have been limited had they practiced yesterday. That's something mm-hmm. with the Thursday night games. The inj- the first injury report of the week is like a guess. Like yeah, I saw that. Practiced if they did. Both teams um, had a lot of uh, guest injuries for, yes. for Monday because they both took Monday off. 
Yes, and so Jameis has been limited. He was limited throughout last week. I think it's going to be Jameis. Um, you know, the, the quick turnaround to Thursday night, honestly, if you want to talk about someone who's not 100%, it's probably going to be harder on Andy Dalton, who actually played on Sunday, if he's dealing with an injury, than Jameis, who might not be 100%. And I think that what DA said is kind of interesting because he's not 100%. You know, all you hear from NFL players is throughout the season, no one's 100% yeah. ever. So it's not really a question of whether he's 100% because there's got to, you know, I'm sure half the roster is out there playing at something less than 100%. It's can he play at a level that you feel like can help you win? And, you know, this is a guy who played in weeks two and three with, you know, what you think are similar injuries at the very least to what he's dealing with now. So I would guess you're going back to Jameis, but it's really tough to say. You mentioned the the wide receiver room last game. It was like all your receivers were out. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, talking Michael Thomas, who everyone was hoping would resurrect his career this season. And he looked like he was off to a great start, but a- again, banged up. Uh, Jarvis Landry, someone you guys acquired. Uh, you guys you guys got him last season, right? This offseason? Yeah, this, last this, this offseason, yeah. Yeah, this offseason. Yeah, that's right. Um but you guys had Jarvis, uh, Jarvis Landry and then uh, Olave, obviously been a bright spot for the team. Olave came out of concussion protocol. I saw that. Uh, but but again, on that guest report, I didn't see today's yet. Uh, Michael Thomas and Landry were on that guest report for Monday. It did um, actually just come out. I just got it in my... Uh, in are my are they still on the injury report? Or are you guys going to be healthy at wide receiver? Or do you think you're going to uh, be missing ab- some weapons? Absolutely weapon not. No, I, I, I don't think Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry are going to be out there. It does not sound like they're going to be... Um, Chris Olave, we did talk to him in the locker room today. He said he has he, he was cleared through the concussion protocol last week, but you have to also be cleared by an independent neurologist, and that's what mm-hmm. held him out for week six. That he has been cleared. He said he's good to go. So Chris Olave will be out there unless you know he trips and and breaks his leg. Uh, you know, some other injury yeah. occurs. Yeah. Um, but he will be out there, and that's a big uh, positive for the Saints because last week, you know, you were talking about. Keith Kirkwood, Marquez Calloway, Traquan Smith, uh, Rashid Shahid, who is a Weber State kid who got who got signed to the active roster and scored a touchdown on his first career uh, offensive touch, which, like a sweep, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'll, 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 I expect him to be more incorporated in the offense this week in some of like in that gadget role. But yeah, I mean, it's still going to be a team that's hurting significantly at the wide receiver position. And I think the the only positive you can say for the Saints is that Jameis and Chris Olave have been in sync from day one. Um, so you know if he can get him back, it's going to be a little bit easier on the uh, on the workload of the wide receivers. But this is also a team that's run for 200 yards each of the last two weeks. So you know it's gonna they're going to try to do that again. I'm sure. You teed me up so nicely. Uh, that's exactly where I was going. The Saints averaging over 230 yards uh, rushing the last two games. Alvin Kamara, uh, Mark Ingram, and of course we talked about earlier the gadget player himself, uh, Taysom Hill, uh, between his arm and his legs. I, I mean, when we talk about this run game, how important to the Saints knocking off the Cardinals this week? Uh, how important is that that running back room? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if you call Taysom Hill a gadget. Player. I know, I, I, think I, I, he's I don't, like literally a gadget at this yeah. point. You know, like go go <laughs> but, gadget, whatever you need. That's what you he's look. You look on fantasy and it's like he's listed as like you can list them as like four different positions. I mean, where, where do you put them? Right. And, and you know, I would list him at three positions and none of them would be tight end because yeah. he hasn't played tight end. <laughs> but that's where I got to start him in fantasy. Funny story. 
during the fantasy football draft that I have, I was texting a friend of mine and he, I t- drafted Taysom Hill with my last pick and he, he sent me a text and was laughing. And I was like, you look, Taysom Hill is going to score double digit touchdowns this year and he's going to steal all of Alvin Kamara's touchdowns. Well, you know, I started him uh, in week five against that person I was texting. And it was just like, yeah, this, this works. He got 38 points, but that's exactly what's happened. Al- Taysom Hill has six touchdowns. Alvin Kamara has zero. So if you are an Alvin Kamara fantasy owner, you hate Taysom Hill. If you're a Saints fan, you love Taysom Hill. And what he's able to do in the run game is from the quarterback position, he is more of a wildcat quarterback than a, than a mm-hmm. tight end or than, than a traditional runner. And so a lot of times what you'll see is, um, you know, you're going to have five offensive linemen, two jumbo linemen, and then three tight ends on the field with Taysom Hill taking a direct snap. And it's just 11 on 11 football. And it's like, okay, come up and make a tackle. Uh, and if you don't, he's going to run. And you're going to see that on third and short. You're going to see that in the red zone. And it has been very effective. The Bengals actually did a good job of stopping it in this past game. And I think that's a big reason why you saw the Saints go one of five in the red zone. Uh, because this has been a hyper-efficient team in the red zone to this point in the season. Um, and so if this team, th- this is not an offense that's going to get down the field time and time again they need to make those scoring opportunities count and that's what they weren't able to do last week and it cost them a game against the Bengals but yeah I mean the run game is something that has come out of nowhere (laughs) to some extent like this is not a team that you expected to run the ball for 200 yards a game but it has made the Andy Dalton led offense a lot more effective um, and the, my question is whether you can continue to be as effective on the ground with Jameis in there, um, just because you're going to be seeing different looks and you're going to have to rely on him to get you into those run plays. Um, and I'm just not sure that he's able to do that as well as Andy Dalton is just kind of a seasoned veteran who's been around forever. Um, but yeah, that's going to be something that if it can continue, will help the saints get back on track because these teams are in very similar situations. They're both two and four. They're both in the a weak NFC, neither team is in a division with anyone who has a better a record better than three and three <laughs> so whichever one of these teams wins this game will feel like they are right there in the nfc whichever team loses it will feel like they are a mile away from where they need to be so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out yeah it's crazy to think in, in week seven that you're talking about a a must win but I, I think that's kind of where you're at. Just as teams will start getting some separation here soon, you would think. Um, so yeah, the very important game on Thursday for both. Uh, my last question for you: We talk the defense. I feel like the Saints' strength over I don't know decade plus has always been the defense. Uh, lately, as of late, giving up about twenty plus points a game this season. Um, what do you make about the defense and, and can the Cardinals offense get right with the Saint, uh, the Saints defense on Thursday? Well, so, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because during the, you know, the middle part of Drew Brees career, he would have killed for a league average defense. He couldn't get it. You know, he, yeah. he they were okay. bottom five, you know, you were going through the Rob Ryan years. It was, it was bad. Um, but the last five years, this defense has been on an upward trajectory each year. They've gotten better and better and better. And it's a big part of why Dennis Allen is the head coach right now, right? Because this defense continued to improve and it became a, a team that, you know, kind of identified with its defense rather than a team who had to win in spite of its defense. And so that's why when you went into this season, you promoted Dennis Allen to head coach. You're like, okay, we don't want to waste this title caliber defense. So we're going to go all in. We're going to, we're going to get an extra first round pick. 
we're going to trade up for Chris Olave. You know, and then you look at what's happened this season, and this team is, you know, 29th in scoring defense through six weeks. And that's just you wouldn't have done what you did. You wouldn't have been aggressive as you as aggressive as you were if you were anticipating a bottom 10 scoring defense. So that is where this team has to figure it out. Um, the pass rush hasn't been good. You're going to be without Marshawn Lattimore again, it looks like. Um, he's dealing with a, a kind of a nasty sounding injury. He's like a, like a bruised spleen, um, which I don't even know how, how, what that is exactly, but it doesn't sound good. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if you're going to see Paulson Adebo, Bradley Roby on the outside, there's a chance they activate Elante Taylor off injured reserve, so you might see him peppered in there, but you're probably going to see Chris Harris again called up from the practice squad. So there's going to be a lot to attack in that secondary. Um, and, you know, I asked Dennis Allen about how you prepare for a team that suddenly has DeAndre Hopkins back. And he said, you really can't do much. You just have to kind of adjust for how they're going to get the ball to him. And so, but you don't have a cornerback that can shadow him like you would with Lattimore. So you're going to see them split the field with the defensive backs and just hope for the best. What you saw against the Bengals more so than in the past is they played a lot of too high shell, which opens up the middle of the field. And that's why Jamar Chase was able to kind of feast in the middle of the field. Um, the other thing that the Saints have struggled to defend is kind of mobile quarterbacks that RPO action. So I ex- anticipate that that's going to continue and Kyler Murray is going to be able to make some things happen in that part of the field with the legs. I love it. Well, that, that said, Jeff, I mean, there's a lot of breakdown and stuff. What is the, uh, the thought in uh, new Orleans right now? Do you guys uh, feel like you guys can win against the Cardinals or what's kind of the vibe? Well, this right is now? where you usually go. We usually get your prediction. What, yeah. what, what are you, where are you going to, we put a bet on this too. Gunner usually bets on whoever comes on for inside, uh, uh, behind enemy lines. He typically, whatever your prediction is, he will put some money on it and you get a cut if you hit. So we want you to, we want you to bet realistically. Well, there is not a lot of positivity right now. And, you know, part of it is due to this, this fan base, this New Orleans fan base has been a little spoiled, right? You had Mm -hmm. Sean Payton forever. You had Drew Brees forever. Now you don't know who your quarterback is week in, week out. You know, a great example is the Saints got the ball back with a minute and 57 seconds left. They needed, they had three timeouts and they needed to get downfield and score a touchdown. And when you had Drew Brees, you were like, man, we're going to win this game. Yeah. That didn't doesn't feel that way anymore, you know. When it, when it's Andy Dalton and he barely got past midfield, right? Yeah. Um, so, from a fan sentiment point, there is a lot of frustration because the talent is on is there on this team. The injuries are still there. You know, it happened last year. It happened again this year, and you haven't figured out a way to to kind of just be league average in an injury prevention department. Um, and the offense has played better than you probably expected without its starting quarterback and with all the injuries. But the defense has let you down. So. You know, there's a lot of frustration. That said, I watched this this Cardinals team lo- get held to nine points by what I would argue is the worst defense in the NFL. Yeah, let's not bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, any in any other circumstance, I would say, man, I don't trust this Saints team to win a game. But, you know, that's a Seahawks team that, you know, and granted, they're getting DeAndre Hopkins back. The Cardinals are, and I, and I understand that. But if you hey, can't... We have- we have home field advantage, baby. We're great at home. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I watched that Seahawks. I don't, that, that Seahawks defense is atrocious. Yeah. yeah. This, You're right. this Saints team put up 39 points. Taysom Hill scored four touchdowns. Yeah. So there is there's no excuse for not being able to score against that team. So, you know, if the offense, if the, the Cardinals offense can't get anything done against the Seahawks, then I have a hard time seeing them get anything done against 
a defense that has been underperforming, but it has not been terrible. You know, they're getting pressure. You know, they have, you know, lockdown man corners and you just don't have your best one. So I, you know, I don't know what the line is. Um, I think the Saints it's, get right in this game. Okay. It, uh, Arizona's favored by one point, which normally a home team would get three points, you yeah. know. So, so Vegas doesn't have favored. Yeah. Um, this has also been a team that has played very well away from home. Um, so no, that's something great. to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, the, and the Cardinals have uh, have lost eight straight at home. So, Well, the Saints have been that. terrible at home, too. The Saints have lost, you know, six of their last eight games at home. Yeah, but they've won like I want to say six of their last eight road games, <laughs> which is honestly crazy because that Saints home atmosphere is mm-hmm. awesome. Probably top five in the NFL uh, when they turn the lights down and do all the cool stuff, and you got the fan, the the guy with the big helmet with the whistle. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he lives a block away from me. Oh, really? Yeah, you guys, you guys got a great, 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 great fan base. What? But we need to get a score from you. What's your score, score. prediction? Yeah, that's that's <clears> tough. Um, but yeah, for I mean, I'll tell you that everyone who's in the dome feels the same way. Like this is a fan base that expects to have a home field advantage, and it just hasn't existed um, over the last two years. You know, since Drew Brees retired, it has not existed. So maybe it was just Drew Brees. Um, Drew Brees. But, you know, I it it really it's tough because if if Jameis is out there, you know, I think you're gonna the offense is gonna look a lot different because they're gonna try to go over the top a lot more to Chris Olave. Um, I think this is gonna be a field goal game. You know, maybe maybe twenty four, fifteen in that range. I think the Saints are going to are going to win it. You know, I and I just Ooh. don't know. You know, is Robbie Anderson active? Right? Is DeAndre Hopkins rusty? Um, th- those are the questions because if those guys can make an impact, then that's one thing. I don't know. <laughs> I, that, I don't wait, know who the Cardinals running back is. Is it going to be Eno Benjamin? Like I, I I honestly don't know. That that's an interesting score. Tw- what was it? Twenty four fifteen. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a there's a there's a failed two point conversion mixed in somewhere. I was gonna say I, I was gonna say that that one honestly though gutter is gonna pay out big time because that is probably assume, not a yeah. normal. Yeah. Score. <laughs> I mean it's too it much. Just score gami. That's usually not one to bet. Yeah, on. score gami, yeah. baby. Uh, well, Jeff, get, get your I mean, plugs like, in. Let's see how do they get there? How do they get there? Right. Well, it's all field goals or it's well, no, two it's, touched. It's, it. it's yeah. So you can get yeah, there if field. you're the Saints with three touchdowns and a field goal. Yeah. If you're the Saints on the 24, on the 15, it's all field goals for Cardinals. That's them not getting in the end zone. Or it's two touchdowns with one two-point conversion. So, Well, hey, that makes sense. I'm with it. it could, I, yeah. So, yeah, you, the, you can the, do it. The, the scenario you could have is the Saints are up 21 to 7. Mm-hmm. No. No, they wouldn't get to 15. 21 to 6. No. Yeah, 21 to 7. Why, you, you wouldn't push it to 15. Yeah, there's no reason to go to 15. Uh, either whatever I already said, I'm going to stick with it. There you go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. He's he's holding to it. He's not hedging his bets like Gutter it's does. Po- it's possible. Gutter always got to hedge the bet. Yeah, I always got to hedge him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff, where can uh, where can everyone find your guys's coverage this week on this game? Where where uh, where can people find you? Yeah. So yeah, the Inside Black and Gold podcast. It is an ampersand. So if you can't draw it, you can you can type it in. That's black and gold. It's on wherever you get your podcast. Obviously, the 2400 Sports Network, Odyssey, Apple, Stitcher, Overcast, Deezer. I'm learning all of these for the first time. Um, and then uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. I've been very snarky the last few weeks because I hate watching teams lose football games. And that's all that I've been able to do. Oh, that sounds like um, us. Hey, we could be best friends. This is great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as you can see here, I, I'm with WWL. Uh, I host the pregame show. So if you're looking for a pregame show, that's live from, uh, well, 
on Thursday Night Football. It'll start at 3 p.m. So I'm on there from 3 to 5 with my co-host, Steve Geller. That's, uh, you know, you can find that at WWL.com. And that's where you'll also be able to find all of our um, coverage from, you know, pregame stuff, postgame stuff. And uh, we also do kind of a live reaction uh, podcast after the game. So if the Cardinals win and you want to go, you know, rub it in, come check it out. Uh, and if they lose and you want to see just how just how uh, awful Saints fans can be after a win, you know, check that out too. <laughs> those, those credentials behind you make it look pretty important too with the other uh, Saints. Well, they let me in the building, so that helps. <laughs> the, hey, that makes one of our shows. Uh, <laughs> well, Jeff, we appreciate you coming on and going beyond any human lines with us. For sure. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs>